morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. My name is Anthony Moore, and I serve as the senior pastor of Carolina Church, and you happen to be on the prayer, um, Carolina's prayer call line, and I'm grateful for your presence on this morning. I asked you all to take the opportunity to read the story um, surrounding Jonah, and specifically on last week, I focused on Jonah's anger and the Lord's compassion. I wanted to be clear about showing the juxtaposition between the two, how Jonah was angry at a group of people, but how God displayed compassion in spite of it. And so I had you all to read the book of Jonah, but specifically we focused in on Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. Allow me to summarize, if you will. Um, Jonah is a Hebrew prophet whom God commands to travel to the great city of Nineveh to preach repentance to the, its, its inhabitants because of their wickedness. Jonah, on the other hand, refuses God's mission, tries to escape by boarding a ship traveling in the opposite direction. During his travel in the opposite direction, God caused a great storm to appear, and Jonah is thrown overboard, swallowed by a huge fish. We are told that he remains in the belly of the fish for three days and nights until he asks God for forgiveness. Jonah was rescued, and he goes and completes his mission, but he does it with reluctance. When you get to Jonah chapter 4, you get the meaning of the story of Jonah, and the fish becomes even more clearer in that last chapter that we see in chapter 4. Jonah 4 and 1 and onward we see that Jonah is angry, that God shows mercy to Nineveh. Jonah has completed his mission, and although he's completed the mission, he does it with misgivings. And here's why. Because Jonah doesn't believe the Ninevites deserve God's compassion. Now, I want you to put yourself in Jonah's shoes. You've just visited Nineveh, one of the worst places in the world. God showed mercy to its people. You did not think it was possible, but that's what happened. God shows compassion to a people who have done everything they could against Jonah and his people. As a result, of God's compassion towards them, you are now filled with resentment and you're feeling miserable. You're not happy about life. You're on your own. You're sitting in a desert sand, just a few miles east of a city you really don't
what Jonah 4 and 5 says. Jonah chapter 4, verse 5. He goes out, he sits down at a place east of the city, and there he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city that he did not like. Sun beating down on him. He decides to make a shelter. Doesn't have a whole lot to utilize in the desert because he's in a desert. He has a few stones. He's got some water and some sand. He has enough to make some mud bricks. So when you put it all together, it's not much of a shelter. But the interesting piece is God steps in. Please follow the narrative. Watch verse 6 of, of Jonah 4. Verse 6 of Jonah 4 says, Then the Lord God provided a vine, made it grow up. Don't miss it. Then the Lord God provided a vine, made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head, to ease his comfort. All right? Jonah's reaction was very happy about the vine. Um, I can only imagine that um, Jonah looking at his man-made baked clay shelter and then looking at the marvelous mass of green foliage on the vine saying God's shelter is much better than mine. So the vine brought forth joy and blessing to Jonah. I asked you last week, what's your vine? What brings you comfort? What brings you joy? What brings you blessings? Then verse 7 says this, you all, at the dawn but at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered away. That's verse 7. So, y'all, uh, Jonah wakes up ready for another day of comfort, joy, and blessings under a vine that he was happy he had that he didn't make only to find that the vine has now been chewed up and withered. One day the vine brought comfort. It brought joy. Uh, it brought blessings into Jonah's life. But the next day, the worm brought sorrow, brought loss and disappointment. I got a vine that brings blessings. We have a worm that brings sorrow and disappointment, and it brings loss. i got to ask you, like I asked you about the vine, I want to know what is your worm? What is the source of sorrow, loss, and disappointment in your life right now? What is it? What is it that you have left because it has brought so much sorrow to you? The worm provides a helpful picture of those times when you fall back into an old sin after you thought you had victory over it. What's the worm that brings disappointment and loss and sorrow to you? So we got the vine. We've got the worm. Then verse 8 says, when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Now, try to put yourself in Jonah's shoes again. He may have thought the sand is blowing into my face. 
the sun is beating down on my head. God, if you're going to take my vine, you might have done it on a cool day. Vine brought comfort, joy, and blessing. Worm brought sorrow, loss, and disappointment. The wind brought affliction, pain, and distress. Got to ask you, like I asked you about the vine and about the um, worm, what is your wind? What's your east wind? What's in your life that's causing you affliction, pain, and distress? Now, the surprising truth about the worm and the wind, here it is, you all, the vine, the worm, and the wind. The question that we've got to look at and ask ourselves, which of these comes from God? The vine, the blessing, the worm, sorrow, the wind, pain. Which of these come from God? I want you to notice what the Bible says. God provides the vine. He provided the vine. That's what verse 6 says. Verse 7 says God provided the worm. And how about verse 8 says, and God provided the scorching east wind. Y'all, it's the same word that's used in each verse. Jonah wants us to understand God's hand was as much in the worm and the wind as it was in the vine. I missed you all. I need you to wake up and get this. God's hand was much as in the worm and the wind as it was in the vine. God was working as much in the wind that brought affliction, pain, and distress, and in the worm that brought sorrow, loss, and disappointment as he was in the vine that brought comfort, joy, and blessings. I want y'all to understand something, that God uses each one of them as a means to sanctify us. Look at verse, verse uh, 1, I'm sorry, chapter 1 of verse 17 of, of Jonah says this, But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was, was inside the fish three days and three nights. Notice you all, Jonah used the same words, provided. <laughs> Come on, y'all. He provided a great fish. He provided the divine. He provided the worm. He provided the wind. Back in chapter 1, y'all, he uses the same word provided as he did in chapter 4. The God who saved Jonah by providing a great fish now sanctifies Jonah by providing a vine, a worm, and a scorching east wind. Y'all, it, it, it's good to learn these two important Bible words. Justification is one, and sanctification is the other. Justification is how God forgives us through Jesus. Sanctification is how God makes us like Jesus. I'll do it again for you. Justification is how God forgives us through Jesus. Sanctification is how God makes us like Jesus. The first is a one-time event, but the second is a continuous process. Sanctification is a continuous process. How does God how 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 God how how does God um um do sanctification in our lives? How does he do that, Pastor? God provides for our sanctification through gifts that brings joy, 
trials that bring sorrow and experiences that bring pain. Y'all missed it. I'm going to do it one more time. It provides for, uh, for our sanctification through gifts that bring joy, through trials that bring sorrow, and experiences that bring pain. The fish is God's fish. The vine is God's vine. The worm is God's worm. And the wind is God's wind. Now, it's easy to see why God provided the vine, because God's good. All good gifts come from him. But why did God send the worm and the wind? What possible good can come in my life from the worm and the wind? And God uses, he used the worm and he used the wind to save Jonah from a vine-centered life. A vine-centered person is one who is so taken up with the joys and blessings of God's vines in their life that they come to love his gifts more than the God who gives them. Verse 9, I'll leave you all alone. Verse 9 says, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. When God took away the vine, Jonah's anger intensified. Jonah was already angry, according to verse 4. But when God gave him the vine, verse 6, he was happy. Anger seemed to go away. But now that the vine is gone, his anger is back. Y'all, here's a man who's fundamentally angry with God, but the vine masked Jonah's problem for a time. Let me help you all. Friends, money, family, and success can do that. God's gift in your life brings you happiness, but it's your greatest joy. But if your greatest joy is in the vine, you will live a vine-centered life. And when the vine is gone, what happens, you all? is that your antagonism toward God comes out. Jonah lost his reason to live. He found his own comfort and joy in the vine to such an extent that when it's gone, he no longer feels he has a reason to live. So he says in verse 8 and 9, I would be better for me to die than to live. I'm angry enough to die. Y'all, something has become so important to you that you say, if you take away the gifts that bring me comfort, joy, and blessings, I do not have a reason to live. The extraordinary thing is that Jonah is saying this to God, who is the reason to live. If you live a vine-centered life, your reason for living withers with the vine. The vine is not the reason to live. Your family, your friends, your work, your money are good gifts from God, but they're not the reason to live. Thank God for the vine, but don't live for the vine. The reason to live is not the gifts, but the giver. I got to quit, y'all, but let me go. I need y'all to help me to intercede on behalf of some persons. I've gone over time. Um, Sister Martha McCray and family. Her uncle transitioned. Would you help me pray for them? Praying for the husband of Monica Lewis and their new business, keeping all evil spirits of jealousy and envy away. Praying for Sean Reed Baker, who's having surgery. Um, she had surgery on yesterday. Would you pray for her, please? Um, praying for Brother Larry Thomas, healing and therapy. Jackie Thomas, for Deacon Sharon Derham, and Brother Gary Davis 
who's diagnosed with cancer. Brother Harry Mason, we're lifting in prayer, praying for Elder Durham, um, Matt Durham's family during the season of his niece transitioning. I'm going to ask you all to pray for Pastor Stephen Tucker, who suffered a stroke this past week. I want to ask you all to pray for my sister, Beverly Moore. Pray for Beverly. She's suffering with blood clots in her lung and in her leg. I want to ask you all to pray for Dwayne Coakley, if you will. Dwayne Coakley. If you would lift him in prayer, Dwayne Coakley suffered a heart attack on uh, two days ago, and he's currently in the hospital, if you would pray. <clears throat> Sister Mary Davis, we're praying. Deacon Evelyn Mack, we're praying. Sister Martina Baxter, and continue prayers for Associate Pastor Talia White and Velda Jones and Sister Gaylene Musgrove. We're praying for Carolyn Waddy and family, for Brother Thomas Jones as he fights this battle of shingles. We're praying for Terry Wallace, praying for you on today, for those of you who are on this call whose needs need to be prayed for. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. That, Lord, you've helped us to see even on today that, Lord, you are the giver of every perfect good gift that we have in our lives. But we've also learned today as watching Jonah that, Lord, not only are you the giver of the gifts, but you're also the giver of the worm that brings sorrow and loss. We also discovered, God, you're the giver of the wind that brings pain. But we've determined today and we've learned through your word that, Lord, the vine, the worm, and the wind is what you use to sanctify us, to make us better, God. And, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you, God, for justification. God, we thank you for justification. It's how you forgive us through your son, Jesus. But we're also grateful for sanctification because we know that's how you make us like Jesus. And the truth is, God, that's what we want to be, is like Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I pray now for every need, for every person that I've called today, every name that you've heard, for those names you didn't hear but you already know about them, for the names that were called by persons on this call, people who said, would you pray, but never got their names in. Father, you know them. So, Lord, I pray that you would move on our behalf. God, we know that you have our best interests at heart. And so we submit ourselves to you. We trust you. We have faith in you. God, this is our prayer. Keep us, if you will. Provide for us. Sanctify us, God. Continue to justify us and those around us, God. God, this is our prayer. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Hey, God bless you all. Listen, I love you all tremendously. Thank you so very much. I pray that this word today has spoken to you right where you are. Continue to read the book of John.
haven't done that, to go ahead and do it, it'll bless you, all right? And um, on your mark, get set. Let's grow. Know that I love you all with all my heart. God bless you all.